welcome to episode three of Opinions May Vary. That's right, it's totally not episode two. Nope. Today we're going to talk about Legion chapter six, slash episode six, whichever. We can just call it episode, you know. Chepisodes? Yeah, totally. Sounds good. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) And we'll see what else we get to. Um, Maybe more about the book or just other things going on in our lives. (laughs) Basically, we don't have a plan. But first we're going to talk about Legion, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we left off at the very end of episode five with our main cast of characters sitting around in a circle like they were in therapy with Lenny leading the (laughs) uh, session. And so this episode completely takes place in this, uh, we call it like a Shadow Realm version of the Mental Institute from the first episode. Sure, Shadow Realm sounds good. Very interesting parallels there. Well, I think I want to do it rather than, um, you know, doing a recap of the episode. Let's talk about the characters. Okay. Yeah. So... Let's start with Sydney because her role in this episode was at least the biggest one, it seemed, if not necessarily, well, the not overtly the most important. Okay. Yeah. So for her, we see her really sort of questioning her environment and trying to bring it up to the other characters who are all either sort of vaguely non-committal or the way to David who's like... Actively in denial. Yeah, you're having dangerous thoughts. And he creates this alternate history for her of her being brought in with delusions and being raving mad and frothing at the mouth, basically. And she's like, (laughs) no. Yeah. That's not really what it was. No. And one thing I liked about that, uh, that particular scene was that, you know, she didn't really get mad at him, although, but she was firm and saying no sweetheart like you're wrong mm-hmm. um and yeah. it it was in character so i always mm-hmm. appreciate sticking to character to the characterization from previous episodes yeah we really see her really sticking to her guns like no i'm definitely like i'm seeing this door that sometimes at the end of this one hallway or not it's not like i'm seeing the wrong hallway as one character suggested <laughs> and other things she experiences she's very firm about being like no this is what's going on why don't the rest of you kind of think about it or understand what i'm saying yeah yeah like she won't back down very strong character yeah and so i like that um it Mm -hmm. definitely made me feel better after the he's my man debacle from the previous episode episode yeah that yeah yeah so So that was good this one yeah um, so yeah, she's seeing this, this door that may or may not be there and it's definitely there. It's for sure there. Um, and it was very ominous, the appearance yeah, of that door. Yeah. I don't know if we're supposed to recognize that door necessarily from another, we'll say set, but like another scene throughout the show. You know, it's a good point. I don't think so. Although now that you said that, uh, maybe it's supposed to be one of the doors from David's childhood home because it's made out of wood, dark wood. Yeah, would, yeah, would be in line with that. I was wondering if maybe that was the door to the room where they were in when she found Lenny and David and Amy in the last episode. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, so. Maybe so, maybe so. Not sure. So, um, go ahead. Would you like to move on to another character? Um, um, yeah. 
There's still more things that'll down. tie back to Sid anyway. Okay, yeah, we can knock down some of the others. Um, we can start with Mrs. Bird. Yeah. Um, we learned that she was a psychologist. Well, I, I always um, assumed that she was, but yes, we had it confirmed. <clears throat> yes. And then she, like many of the other background characters, well, not background characters, <laughs> like many of the other non Sydney David characters, mm-hmm. or alternate manifestations thereof, um, it's just kind of almost like vaguely conscious. Yeah. Her and autonomy seemed the most really obviously. Um, not distraught, that's the wrong word, but altered. Spaced out. Yeah. Like, we see her trying to water fake flower, like, obviously plastic and not attached to anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, she had a conversation with Lenny in, like, a one-on-one session about her husband. Yeah. And he tries to convince her that her husband's dead and she's frozen in time and it's showing all the signs of somebody then denial, like keeping his stuff and his voice message. And I'm pretty sure he's the voice of the elevator and stuff back in whatever. In Summerland. Yeah. Yeah. So, I thought Summerland was in the too. That's Clockworks. Clockworks, yeah. right. Okay, so yes, Summerland. Um, uh, yeah. So, and- go ahead. Well, should we talk about her last scene? Yeah, we may as well. Okay. Yeah. So she is not the first character to have an experience like this, but she sees through one of the walls in her... Yeah, and she sees sees what I thought was Oliver, but we're just going to call the the scuba diver man. Diving suit. Yeah. You think so? I think it might be Carrie, but anyway, let's move on. No, because Carrie sees the same... But anyway, we'll get to that in Carrie's scene. We yeah. see the guy earlier. Um, so, she then, like, realizes she can put her arm through the wall and walk through it and follows the diver to... Back to David's house. The room, yeah, in David's house, where the eye has just burst through the group of Summerland people sh- shooting at David and Sydney. Yeah. So I was very um, I was very frustrated. All of my notes from this scene have like ten thousand exclamation points after it. Um, yeah. So she sees like the bullets in flight and tries to touch one and it like shocks her. But she it's red hot. They're very yeah, they're very slowly moving yeah. towards David and Sydney, but are still a couple feet away. Yeah. Um, um it was very interesting that the bullets were hot. Um, it was also very interesting that she, it, I don't know, it felt like her, it took her a long time to understand what Scuba Diver Dude wanted her to do. But also, why was she having to struggle to, you know, tilt David and Sydney out of the way? I thought that was very odd. Oh, um, because they're just in the astral plane, like, there's almost like their spiritual selves that they, they, like, would think a ghost would have difficulty interacting with physical things. Oh, is that what your theory is? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so she can see what's happening, but she can't do anything because her actual body is still standing a few feet away where the eye is broken through the body. Well, but no. Then in which case, why, when she touched the bullet, because she did touch it, she got burnt. Mm -hmm. She interacted with the environment. It was just too hot for Mm -hmm. her to handle. 
So, you know, if we're, I don't Tough know. to work on that one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like. The bullet would, well, her feeling the heat, but not, like, actually getting hurt by the bullet like it would do in real life. No, she, her face was an ouchy face. She was in pain. It right. hurt her. Yes, but that's very different from her being able to exert physical power over something. But I'm saying she's interacting with the environment. You know, but she didn't, because the bullet didn't change direction or anything. She no, I'm not saying to, she did something to the environment. I'm saying she's interacting with the environment with one of her five senses. She touched the bullet. She felt the pain from the fact that the bullet was hot from just being shot in the previous episode. Right, but the sense... Okay, but she's still feeling a sense of the force of being pushed back by David and Amy against her when she tried to push them. Just because she could feel the bullet heat doesn't mean she should be able to do anything to anything else. Mm. She can feel all the walls and other physical things, too. Hmm. I don't know. The force to make an effect. I don't know. Well, anyway, that was cool. It was unusual, unexpected. <laughs> and I was very scared when I saw those huge eyes looking at her. Oh, yeah, like... The wall is like Lenny's face or something. <laughs> I think it is. It actually reminded me of Alice in Wonderland. Do you, did you ever watch the movie? Uh, no, I think I've seen animated versions of it. That's what like I'm talking about. Cartoon episode. I mean, the animated movie. What are you talking about? I I don't know if I've seen the movie. Or not. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, the Cheshire Chesh, Cheshire whatever cat. Cheshire cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the scenes, I think he sort of, I don't know, his face is huge, and it's like, his face makes up the wall of a house. I can't really quite clearly remember it. But anyway, there was a scene like that where his eyes were blinking out of, you know, the side of an object. Yeah. Okay. It was neat. Um, should we go to Carrie and Carrie? Yeah. They had a bunch of weird scenes. Yeah, so I think the first scene was also a one-on-one with Letty which they're sitting next to each other, and Lenny's trying... Lenny, like, hints that she knows they think they're the same person, but in this fake clockworks mental institute, they don't think or realize they're the same person, or they're trying not to say that to anyone to avoid the, having to be given more medicine and stuff. They just say that they're really close. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good interpretation. I wasn't quite sure what was going on with them. And in all of the ominous scenes that followed with, you know, Carrie and the eye and Carrie and Carrie splitting up to go sleep in different bedrooms rather than, you know, merging. Yeah, um, so they never merge yeah. in the whole episode. Um, uh, yeah, and then so there are a few scenes between the eye and female Carrie that are really predatory. In fact, they're even talking about I even talking about them both as being predators, wolves, in fact, I think it was. Uh, wait, um, talking about female Carrie and the eye being predators, or the yeah, eye being a yes. predator toward them? Okay. No, them both being predators, I think, an allusion to the idea that they're both fighters. That's not so, what I understood from those scenes at all. Um, I was I was under the impression that female Carrie, not Dr. Carrie, uh... Uh-huh was the prey and the eye was the predator that's why he started quoting little red riding hood at her that was part of it but he also in that same scene when he zips up her outfit or whatever is saying something about how um she's a wolf and 
Over alive and warm, and she feels burning hot. Mm, no. He was saying, you know, have you ever eaten something while it was still alive? Saying, I'm going to eat you while you're still alive. I'm going to hunt you down and so. eat you. Yeah, that's... He was being overtly menacing. Okay. Well, I mean, that's true, if nothing else. Toward her. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so she runs away and can't find Guy Carey because at this point... He's, he's already followed Scuba Diver Man. Yeah, he had his dream of seeing the big ice cube, which he had earlier talked about. Mm-hmm. And it's seen with girl Carrie and Sydney sitting out in the sofas at the common lounge when Sydney's talking about the door she's seeing and asking about... About their dreams. ...or not be there. Yeah. 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 Um, and they'll talk about what they're dreaming about. So, yeah, guy Carrie's gone. Girl Carrie's trying to run away from I... I can't remember if she sees a scuba guy as well or not. I don't think that she does. I think it's only Melanie and uh, Carrie. Guy, guy, guy Carrie, Carrie, excuse me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Guy Carrie. <laughs> um, uh, no. Okay. Um, no, I was just checking because after the credits ran, I was still watching and they did the preview of next episode mm-hmm. and I couldn't remember what characters they showed. Um, I don't yeah. remember female Carrie. I remember guy Carrie. Yeah. Did you watch the same preview thing, by the way, just for later reference? I did. I'm assuming we saw the same one. The way that you phrased that made me feel like we didn't. <laughs> I just, I remember seeing those people sitting around inside the ice cube setting that David had experienced when he was in the Oscar play. Yes. With Oliver Burton, I just can't remember who all was in the scene. Oh, um, I saw Melanie, Sid, Guy, sorry, Guy Carey, and Oliver, but I don't remember seeing anybody else. Okay. I mean, I saw David too, but he wasn't in that room. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, right. So, anyway, um, that wraps up Girl Carey, more or less Guy Carey. Yeah, we, we covered everything except their, their amusing scene where, where they're talking about Sid's dream and the door and, you know, their dreams. Why were they quoting yeah. medications? How does that, I mean, other than... Oh, they were... Well, he said they were trying to exercise their mind, so I guess they were trying to just list off you know, medications. Yeah. I just thought it was cute. It was funny. I didn't mm-hmm. quite get the get the point. I don't know. Just they, they couldn't take a turn in their checkers game unless they could reliably list off a real drug. Yeah. It, it was very cute. I liked it. Let's talk about Tonomy. Yeah, so he had just a few scenes. He uh, started out again with a one-on-one on Lenny, talking about the day his mom died, evidently, mm-hmm. uh, and all the details he remembers. And Lenny, she said he went back to the memory a lot. I think um, she forced him back to the memory of, a lot. Maybe, but her implied tone is that him reliving the memory is negative, whereas he saw it as a positive and happy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, that's kind of the feel I got as well. Or a pleasant memory of the last time he was in a room with his mom. Yeah, exactly. That's the way he saw it, and just like uh, Linny was trying to negatively influence David throughout the episode, she's trying to negatively influence Tonomy and Melanie and everybody. And everyone. Yeah, know, yeah. Even the eye, yes. Uh, um, despite appreciating his savagery, she still wants to fuck with him too. Yeah. So 
it's interesting because so Tom may go through the one on one thing and then I'm not sure if it's his next appearance in the episode, but he like re it's something we see a few times with different characters relives like word for word the scene with David where they're looking at a guy drooling in a wheelchair mm-hmm. wondering what his drool is made out of. Yeah. Like he's saying exactly what Lenny had said. He did. Uh, it was exactly the same. The episode, uh, it- which I thought was interesting and made me wonder what that implies. Well, to me it implied that, you know, just how in that episode where where that scene occurred with Linny and David, Tonomy was also in red and black. And I read this very interesting article on Twitter today from Racker.com. But anyway, it was talking about the costume designer's choice of colors mm-hmm. for everyone's track suits. And actually, the colors are supposed to indicate the, the danger level that everyone represents. So Danger to David? Just danger. Be, being a the dangerous danger. individual. Oh, okay. And so... Huh. In that first scene with Linny and David, David, of course, is in his orange and yellow, and Linny was in red and black. And in this scene, David's in orange and yellow, and Tonomy's in red and black. Interesting. I guess he's dangerous because of the level of detail of memory he can see, and also I think so. because every time someone talks about going into danger, he tries to be rational about it, <laughs> where everyone else just rushes into things. Yeah, yeah, he, he thinks, unlike everybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, Let's see, what else, what other scenes he has? Well, he has a scene where he's asleep after Sid has been um, uh, corralled. Huh? Headphoned? Yeah, she's been headphoned (laughs) into complacence. Um, And he's yet again reliving the the memory. Um, Yeah, it's time we get to see the full thing of him that he described in his first scene. Yeah. Where his mom's washing dishes and he's playing with Play-Doh under the table. And she, Silly I guess, had a heart attack. Yeah, she must have. And then he turns from a kid almost immediately into an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So... interesting. It was very interesting. And sad? Yeah. That's kind of where his... That was his last scene, I think, in the episode. It was. It was the last one that we saw him in. Yeah, we don't see him in any real danger or anything. We just see him crawl out from under the kitchen table, like in the direction of where his mom's body is falling. Yeah, yeah. And then it zooms out and pans to a different room. Yeah. So um, that's Tonomy. Tonomy's apparently dangerous because he has a brain, which is, you know, actually a compliment. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about. Um, Oh, one question, going back to Guy Carey. Yeah. When he has his vision of the ice cube and, I don't know, appears himself in the middle of the forest to talk with the diving suit guy, he's wearing a suit? He is, and he's all bruised up again. Yeah, it's going to say, is that the same outfit he was wearing in the previous episode Mm -hmm. when he met Autonomy and Melanie coming out the window? (laughs) Yes, it is. It's the same outfit. Okay. Okay. So he's so back in. Yeah. Well, he's sort not. Of proof that this is not necessarily the clockwork stuff is not necessarily full and accurate representation of any part of reality. Yeah, it's it's all reality, just like what we were suspecting. Mm-hmm. Um. So can we talk about? Uh. Sorry. Can we talk about yeah, David and the eye? Yeah, I was actually gonna and ask. Hmm? Sorry. Sorry, and Ronnie herself. Yes. 
I want to talk about Lenny. Oh, Lenny next. Okay. Yeah. Because she's she had some amusing scenes, and then there's some disturbing scenes, too, of course. Because she can't help herself. Yeah. So, of course, we see her doing the one-on-ones with almost everybody and trying to negatively influence their thinking. Yeah. She didn't succeed with Sid, though. Or the eye, really. Yeah. They both kind of resisted. Mm-hmm. Which um, I'm sure she didn't like. She apparently is, like, using Amy as a pawn to, like, control people a couple times throughout the episode when the characters start talking about their experience not necessarily being real. Amy shows up dressed as one of the nurse orderlies and kind of whisks one of them away or calls them over the intercom or something. Like yeah. Sid's first exploring the door. Um, she immediately gets called to go to the pill thing. Yeah, so for me, I thought that, you know, Amy being used in such a fashion, especially when she, during later the later part of the episode, when she confronts David, when he's exploring Sid's door, uh, and, you know, she says, you know, no one loves you, no one likes you, everyone just is adopting you because they feel like they have to. I thought that, um, that made me think that, you know what, Amy's probably been totally compromised, like, her mind is just broken, because she's totally opposite of how she's, you know, treated David and everyone else in the other episodes in the real world. Yeah, that or she's so just broken over meeting Lenny and having to tell David about the adoption thing and that Lenny's just making a representation and controlling it directly of her. Hmm. But, Maybe, yeah. But regardless, yeah, she's... To say, Amy's she's gone. <laughs> And the part that makes me think it's Lenny controlling her directly is um, really the scene where she gives Sid the impromptu gropey pat-down. Yeah, I thought that too. I was like, that's Lenny. Totally Lenny. Yeah, like filling up her chest and giving her butt slap and everything. And yeah. just being kind of overbearingly cruel at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes along with what we learn about Lenny later when she's talking to David, when he's gone to ask Lenny, because that makes sense, where Sid has Sid has disappeared to, and she's like, you know what's important in life? Power. And so she displays it throughout the whole episode via Amy, and Amy's so-called Amy. Amy's pat down to Sid, um, you know, just basically being a menacing presence. Yes. And also explaining then basically that, like, what everyone thought, she's an extra element that doesn't belong in his mind. And if they try to get her out, it will result in him dying. What? she chooses to leave. Wait, who? There's a whole thing, Lenny. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about Amy. Go ahead. No. Um, That is... uh, they're like, Lenny was just playing along and letting David have his fun, but now she wants to take control because it's getting boring for her. And <laughs> so either that's going to happen or she's going to leave, which will kill David. So he either has to... But that was a lie. With her. Mm, I think it was a lie. It, was, it might be. It's definitely probably meant to help her be in control of him through fear. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. 
That's exactly what I mean. He, you know, was, uh, we'll just say subconsciously, because I can't even think of another word. He's subconsciously afraid that, or believes that, you know, Lenny's telling him the truth. And yes. if he tries to use his abilities to kick her out, then he's going to die. Oh, he'll be like the that horrible graphic of the ants with the fungus growing through their heads. Well, not just if he tries to kick her out, but if he doesn't do what she wants and she decides to leave... Basically, she's going to leave if he if he doesn't do what she wants, and that will kill him. So he better stop by fighting her. Yeah, yeah. So very frustrating. And apparently, his love for Sydney is the key to undoing her. Love, <laughs> Disney. Uh, I mean, it's it's a little yeah, as you say, a little Disney, but also at least it's going to be a little Disney esque. At the very least, Sydney's interesting. <laughs> so. Sydney. Sydney. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's see. Who left? Oh, the eye. Um, he sounded so so irritated when you said that. Yeah. He his one on one with Lenny. He was like arguing with her. Mm-hmm. Which he's really one of the only characters to do so. I don't really remember what he said. And then he has that whole kind of. Well, she tries to pick on him for being late to develop. You know, shorter. Oh, last yeah. to enter puberty, that sort of thing, and he's like, uh, "No, I, I'm cool. I'm a yeah, man now." It doesn't really matter when you mature, as long as once you've done it, you become something important. Yeah. So he was Basically. like, he was like, "You're not going to get to me. Sorry." Yeah, and then he's got that whole thing chasing around girl Carrie. I think he's still mad at her. Creepy. Well, they had a fight. Didn't they actually have a direct fight in episode three? No, 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 they didn't. She was fighting with the guards. The goons, rather. Yeah, she beat up all the goons, and then he shot her. Yeah. Or the guy standing next to her bit. I can't remember which one of them actually shot her. He did. Um, Yeah, other than that, I don't think we've ever seen them in any sort of conflict. Well, maybe he's just picking on her then. Could be. Yeah, so there's not a lot to say about the eye other than, you know, what we've said before and the fact that he's being very creepy, very disturbing. Yeah. But um, let's talk about other revelations and tidbits. Like, for one thing, did you think that you heard the cantina music in one of the scenes while they were in the, the common room? From Star Wars? Yeah, from Star Wars. No, I don't think I heard that. But you didn't. You you had bad ears last time you watched the episode, so I'm going to tell you to watch it again. Yeah, I need to pay more attention to the extra sounds. Yeah, I I think it was. A couple weird things, like there was a scene of the camera panning through the common area early on, and there were two people playing ping pong without a ball. Oh, really? But the noise was still happening. What? Oh no, I missed that. And then later on, there was a scene. Trying to remember, I think it might have been the scene where Sydney was talking to both Carries about the door, and Guy Carey gets all philosophical about physics and alternate realities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when they zoom the camera through the common area to get to them, there's two people sitting across from each other trying to fling food into each other's mouths on their forks, but they're not actually throwing anything in their plates. Either. No, that was Carrie and Carrie doing that. Was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you're thinking about someone else, it was definitely Carrie and Carrie flinging food at any... Successfully flinging food into each other's mouths. No. Hmm. Of course, one that was actually not any food. 
No, there was. Okay, well, that was the wrong thing, at least. I'm pretty sure that one was accurate. Yeah. Um, maybe. <laughs> maybe not intentional, though. Maybe they just forgot to add in the digital ping pong ball and post for that part. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to hope not. I'm going to hope that's not actually a mistake they made. It would be amusing. Um, I think it's more likely to be it was on purpose because at the last during the last episode there was that whole extended uh, credit scene where it was just the ping pong ball endlessly bouncing. So I think it was supposed to be a tie-in. See, uh, so there were some other weird scenes that were mirrors from the first episode, other than just autonomy and David talking autonomy. about the cool guy. There was also David and Sid reliving the scene where. Originally, Sydney came into David's room and slept next to him with the big rolled-up pillow thing between them. But this time, it was David coming into Sydney's room. Mm -hmm. He said what she said, and she reacted exactly the same way. And then she was like, "Wait, yeah, and then deja vu?" Huh? I think she said a lot more beyond what David had said. Well, yeah, because then she's having yeah, she's having deja vu. Hmm. But yeah, it was also interesting. But also, I don't know if you noticed, but when I rewatched it last weekend, the first episode, I yet again noticed that during that scene, Sydney, I couldn't see Sydney's legs underneath the bed in that scene. And I couldn't see David's legs underneath the bed during that scene. It was like they weren't there. But then they deliberately pan from underneath the bed, where you can see just an empty pair of shoes, to above the bed when you can see... Sydney in the first episode and David in the this episode standing looking down on the person sleeping. There's no legs. There's no feet. It's just totally empty. If you say so. Yeah, it's it's like there's nothing there, and I don't know what to make of that. Interesting. No shadows. Nothing. I don't know. The whole thing kind of made me think that all of these characters might be different figments of David's imagination. <laughs> That's what I think too. I think it's all in his head. Yeah, which I mean. That would be... A serious mindfuck? Well, it's hard to keep... You know, like, um, if you rewatch Fight Club, mm -hmm. knowing what the trick of the movie is, it's completely different, and they even re-show you some of the scenes once they reveal what was going on in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. I feel like the, all the stuff that's going to be in the next episode, based on what they showed after the credits of this one, appears to be... The character was trying to figure out a way to save Sydney and David from the eyes bullets that were shot near the end of the last chapter, chapter five. Hmm. <laughs> Which, if everything's in David's mind, then those bullets can't actually hurt him. So there's no point in them doing that. I don't know. Let's not go too far. Yeah, it gets kind of difficult to keep the consistency of everything if it's all in his mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a possibility uh, that some of it's real. That what we saw at Summerland was real, that he was actually in Clockworks, he actually went to his sister's house. All those things were right. real. And clearly, everybody else reacts to Sydney in a way that she's clearly not, doesn't look, isn't David, in a way that in Fight Club, everyone else can see what's going on with the main character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not all they're deluded, both. it's just him. Is it Tyler? Right. What was his name? Yeah, Tyler Durden. Yeah, Durden. Yeah, yeah, the second guy. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> this one, it's very obvious that people aren't seeing David when they're talking to Sydney. So yes. it's not like even if, so if they're the same person, so somehow, like, you kind of get suggested by the scene where David comes into her room, mm -hmm. playing the opposite role, um, that 
it's another thing like with Lenny where David's powers allow him to physically manifest her as a separate Entity. thing that people wouldn't know that she's physically Sydney but mentally an aspect of David. Hmm. Uh, it's also screwy, but so much it fun. Is. <laughs> it is. Um, wow. Yeah. So let's talk about something else screwy. Okay. How much did you enjoy the ridiculous music video of Lenny singing... Oh. Um, iPod commercial? It was an iPod commercial. They didn't use that song in iPod commercials. That was like no, a Mary J. Blige song. Same, there were those old iPod commercials and they had the people that were like silhouettes against I, primary I color background with the white <laughs> headphones in. And it was that same kind of thing. I think she was red against a black background. And yeah, it was really weird. She was like dancing through David's memories. Yeah, she was. Messing stuff up, wearing a leotard. And like pantyhose or fishnet hose or something. Yep, it was very. Like, I, I laughed. I laughed out loud. Yeah, apparently that's what's going on behind the door. Sydney keeps seeing. Maybe uh, if that is passing. Oh, I guess. She hears that music, this heavy bass, which I think is. I didn't think it was this. Fa- what's it called? Fallen Down? No, no. Whatever it's called. Um, the song that Michael Bublé covered. Yeah. I didn't hear that song when she was first investigating well, the door. I guess it might not be, because when Lenny finishes her dance routine, she <laughs> ends up in her office and clockworks and not out in the hallway. Correct, yeah. So, so maybe not. Maybe so. Who knows? Yeah. But I guess it's a representation of how that creature is altering David's memories. Yep. She's just traipsing. Great. She's traipsing through his, his brain with yeah. no one to stop her. Tracking everything. Yeah. So I liked that. I was wondering if they were going to do another another dance routine, and I was happily surprised. <laughs> um, yes, so that was fun. I'm Is gonna... that the second dance routine we've seen? Because didn't David and Sydney do like a Bollywood thing? Yeah, they did in the first setting? first episode. Yeah, Bollywood. First, first or second one? In an earlier episode, yeah. Yeah. And so. it was like a dream or something. Yeah, I, I liked it. I was happy. Um, <laughs> I could very easily picture you being happy. Yes. So, <laughs> um, so let's talk about Melanie again and Oliver and Carrie. Okay. So, the last scene where Spaceman comes to... Who was he? Scuba guy. Scuba diving. Thank you. Scuba guy came to Sydney and took the, mm-hmm. the chirping cricket headphones off her ears and freed her from her snow white sleep, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it was Carrie inside the scuba diver suit. Was it? I thought it was Oliver. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm telling you, it's not Oliver. It was Carrie. Oh, oh okay. All right. Well, I don't know. Well, I would think that that was just like uh, the suit representing then a symbol of protection from Lenny's influence. Hmm. That's an interesting idea. I thought. Go ahead. We clearly see for the preview for next episode Oliver talking with them. Yes, we do. Clearly, at least one of the times the scuba guy was him, even though. Um, I think the first time when um, Carrie had his dream. Carrie. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Carrie met the scuba. Yeah, when Carrie met Scuba Dude, I think that was Oliver as Scuba Dude. Yeah. Especially considering that it was an ice cube that he was dreaming about. Yeah, slash came out of the feeling like a chandelier. <laughs> a crackling, crackling chandelier. It was very weird. Yeah. 
special effects in there. Probably the budget for the. Well, no, that wasn't the budget for the whole episode. No, they spent that on the dance routine. Well, there was the dance routine. There was Lenny putting David in a coffin and sending him into the abyss, which (laughs) then became Sydney's headphones. It actually reminded me, well, a little bit, although it was total darkness. But it reminded me, in concept, of the Lego Batman movie when when they were sending all the baddies to... What was it called? Oh, that... The other dimension. Whatever Superman senses. Yeah, the bad guys. Yeah, some, yeah it's an ultimate dimension prison. What is that thing called? <laughs> well, anyway, that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> okay, there was that. What else did they... There was a weird, I don't know, thing wrong with the wall that Sydney touches and it starts bleeding. Yeah, that was awesome. Flashback to Lenny sticking out of She it. remembered stuff. I was really happy. I was like, yes, Sydney's awake. Yeah. But then she got caught. Gosh. Yeah. No, there were a couple of very special effects. There were, there were. So, before we... We're almost at the end of the episode, basically. I think we've discussed almost everything. But I do want to talk about, why is it, do you think, that David, out of all of them, considering I think that we're in his brain in this alternate clockworks, why is it that he is the one who seems to have the least memory of anything? Like he doesn't seem to be aware at all. Screwing it up. Yeah, there's yeah. I guess that's the obvious answer. But I was just wondering. Existing in the present, he's bought this line that he's just a manic depressive from psychotherapy, Lenny, and he gets. I'm not sure if you know this. I really thought about it, but every time we see him in his what you think is his private room with Sydney. It's always a lot nicer than everyone else's. You got like bookshelves, couches, <laughs> you got a painting easel. That's true. Everyone else gets like the padded mental cell with a cheap bed. That's true. You're right. It's a very pretty prison, isn't it? For him, yeah. It's obviously very comfortable in his private living area for him. Yeah. Huh. Um, I just wonder why he bought it. Was he just tired? Yeah, he's just existing in his present. He doesn't have memories of being different. He clearly, when he talks with Sydney about staying there forever, like he wants to just be himself in the present. Yeah, I just find it. I don't know. I think maybe I'm disappointed in the in this uh, protagonist because mm-hmm. you know almost everyone. Well, with, with the exception of Melanie, who seemed very very out of it until Scooby Dude showed up. Um, yeah, at least more to talk with her, talk about her with that. Like on. Oh yeah, um, I forgot. I'm not being with it. Yeah, David just being so blase. Yeah, whereas which is odd because when he talks, he's very coherent as opposed to like Melanie and autonomy, <laughs> uh, where they're just like they're not completely zoned out. Yeah, they're not themselves at all. Yeah. Even Carrie, female Carrie, was like that. I was very surprised at how she seemed very like upset emotionally, like she was yes. depending on her other half to keep her on the straight and narrow. Whereas in reality, you know, it's not as though Guy Carrie depended on her. They were partners. She was a physical force. Yeah. yeah. And he was the intellectual. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in this, she does, yeah, she's very like, vulnerable and emotional. Yeah, it was it was a big change. Very, and I was like, wow. Very what? Not her. Yeah, not her. I was like, wow, what happened? Lenny messed you up, other Carrie. So, so what did you want to say about Melanie? Oh, just that when she meets the 
scuba suited individual. Scuba dude. At that point, it's Oliver or Guy Carey. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks to it as though she can hear it talking to him, but we don't get to hear. But that's only for like. Scubas. Go ahead. It's a few sentences, and then she follows him through the wall and sees the scene mm-hmm. with the eye shooting at David and Sid, and she keeps acting like. Well, no, she doesn't. It's like once she goes through the looking glass and she's in the room with the rest of the Summerland crew, it's like she can't hear him anymore. She's like, why can't you, why won't you talk to me? Something like that. And he just points. In any case. Yeah. She's the only one who gives an indication of being able to hear the scuba suit guy. Because Guy Carey tries to talk with him. Guy (laughs) tries to say hi in several languages. (laughs) And then, and then, and then they know, don't show him following. Says, oh, I see, and they walk off together. So maybe he did hear something. Maybe, maybe he did. Maybe we can hear that he heard something. Yeah, maybe because he was talking so much, you know, trying to talk, he was not yeah. able to hear. Yeah, but then when it comes to Sydney and it ends up being Guy Carrier, I feel like he says something after he opens the mask. Oh, does he say so hello? Maybe, Come on. I don't remember. He smiled. And now I can't remember what he said. I can't remember if he said something. But in any case, maybe the, like, well, I don't know. I was going to say maybe the suit prevents who's ever in this group of things from communicating with the people who are in Lenny's astral plane tradition. But clearly the suit face mask is closed when Melanie tries talking to it. So unless they have, like, a psychic love connection. Well, I think Sid and David, too, do, rather. Yeah, yeah, I think they do, too. So it could be something like that subverts Lenny's power in the astral plane over them. Yeah. Something. I don't know. I wonder. It was a trippy episode. What was that? It was a trippy episode. It was oh, trippy. the other effects budget thing. When they put the headphones on Sydney and she like leans back and levitates, sleeps in the hallway and then <laughs> gets like brought to her room and tucked in by nothing. Yeah. What about it though? The effects budget. Oh, oh you're saying they used it upon that. Yeah. yeah, they did. They did for sure. I actually thought that the, the music, the crickets that she was listening to was really soothing. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want Well, that. that's the point. Yeah, I was like, I want to listen to that and go to sleep. <laughs> Don't do it. I know. I'll never wake up. Um, yeah. yeah. You've got stuff to do. I do. Got studying. But yeah, I really enjoyed the episode too. I thought it was very, it was less scary, so I approved of that. And it was very... Uh, and it's still really creepy. I mean, with the eye being all chasey rapey and the weird bleeding wall and Amy Nurse Ratchet being all mean. <laughs> yeah, she was mean. I couldn't believe it. I was like, Amy, what? At first, I didn't realize that was her. I don't think I really noticed it was her until she told the scene with David where she was saying, yeah. nobody likes you, you don't have to be friends. She did, she did look slightly different with her hair pulled away from her face, and she also sounded different, too, which yeah. I guess is the point. But I, I was like, whoa, is that her? And I was like, oh, yeah, it is her. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think that's about it. I can't wait for the next episode. I'm really upset that there's only eight. Shh. <laughs> I'm sure I'll remember a jillion things to say once we're done recording. I'm sure I will, too. So. Yeah, I like it. It's a fun show to try to follow. It so is. I think they're doing a good job. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever read the comic, though. I like I this know, version. Sometimes times that I feel like I'd like to get into reading comics and stuff, but I never quite manage. Yeah, I mean, comics are fun, um, generally. I just mean this particular one. I like this story that they're telling on the TV. I don't know if I want to read 
the original story. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. That's all good. So, should we sign off? Or did you want uh, to talk about anything else? I have made some notes about the commercials that I got to see <laughs> that were kind of amusing. Okay. <laughs> um, Mercedes selling work vans, like the windowless white vans that you put. Yeah, I know. Kind of amusing. Like, I didn't see that one. Um, they're like starting at twenty-five, whatever thousand dollars. Oh Most my! Reliable, fastest work vans you'll ever van. Oh yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> Interesting for Mercedes. It um, is. I saw your iPad Pro commercial. Oh, which one? Uh, the so, one about well, the. They've seen the virus one, yes. I saw the student one, the student falling asleep in class and somehow magically being able to take notes, even though they've already fallen asleep. You can't press record if you've already fallen asleep. It's dumb. Yeah, the commercial is so weird. It's like, are you a shitty person who doesn't pay enough attention in school or think it's valuable? Get an iPad Pro to help <laughs> your dumbass get through somehow. Yeah, yeah. You can even fall asleep when you're supposed to be awake after apparently staying up all night on Whoa. a crazy bender and not being able to focus in class. They didn't say all that. No, but they allude to the fact that they're not sleeping and that's why they're tired in class. Need an iPad Pro to take notes with. Yes. It was very ridiculous. Also, yet again, that's, oh, Apple has stolen an app idea. Which... I use Notes Plus. I think I've told you before. Oh, yeah. So yeah. for the note-taking thing with the stylus? Yep. Yeah. Evil corporations. <laughs> and then the other weird one was a beer commercial for Blue Moon or something where they're following this waitress who for some reason only has one drink on her circular tray even though it's as big as a large pizza and it's extremely vibrant almost as though it's illuminating its environment. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Called, yeah, and she goes and delivers it to a woman talking to two guys at a standing table in a bar area. Except she's apparently going to drink this huge beer all by herself. And I think one of the other guys is holding a much smaller cup that's mostly empty. And the other guy has his hands under the table. So you can't tell if he even has a drink. Oh my. It's like, what is this beer trying to say? Like... Hey, ladies, chat up two guys at once and have one of these beers, and you're going to have a good time. Yeah, uh, that's exciting. Those guys are only there hoping they'll drink that whole beer and be affected by it in the way that alcohol affects people or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that, that sounds poorly like, thought out. Yeah, me and my attempt to pay attention to advertising and the sub-messages and targeting. You're like, what is this ad going for? <laughs> Maybe it's possible that you're giving them too much credit. Could be. Yeah, yeah. But let's not talk about that. Did this particular episode? I did. I didn't want to forget this. Did this particular episode commit any crimes against humanity? I mean, oh, you know, um, what I mean, not humanity. Like major mistakes and flaws. Yeah. Don't, I'll probably have to watch it again. Okay. I feel like the only reason I noticed so many in that other episode is I watched it like three times and had a good grasp of what was going on. <laughs> uh, okay. Whereas this one, we were fresh off the episode and I had a hard enough time following it and trying to figure out what was going on mm-hmm. without any attention. Okay. Well, then for next time, for next episode, we will not forget to put Episode 6 on trial for Crimes Against Humanity at the beginning of okay. our next podcast episode. <laughs> Sound good? Sure. All right. Don't forget. Okay. Should we 
list out all the office keeping stuff related to the podcast we've been working on. Office keeping? Well, like we've got the intro and outro music now. Oh, oh, oh yes, um, definitely. Without our show notes, I'm totally lost. Okay, there's nothing <laughs> in the show notes. Um, in fact, there's something in the show notes that. I mean, I don't have the show notes. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Oh well, um, yeah. Copy paste me, bro. Uh, okay. I mean, I was Copy. joking. I didn't. You didn't have to do it right then. Copy paste. We have. It's fine. Shazam. Okay, I've been shazammed. Um. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. We will have an album up soon for an iTunes podcast, so it will be available there soon. TM. Soon TM. Yeah, trademark soon. Why? Why is it being trademarked? It's a thing. By um, who? Meta. Who? The Meta. Oh, Meta. I thought you said Netta. I was like, who? Am I supposed to know who that no, is? No, not cleaning out our noses or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't want to do that. So, anywho, so we got the song, we got the art. Uh, you've primarily been tweeting and tumbling, so people can follow us there. Uh, if they found us on one of those two, we're on both. We are on both. We're on Twitter, we're on Tumblr. You can send us an email if you want. Our Tumblr is varyingopinions.tumblr.com, and our Twitter is also um, varying opinions or OP may vary, whichever you prefer. At OP may vary. Yes, and our Gmail is opinionsvary at gmail.com. I think there's a theme here. That none of our things match, but are all subtly the same thing, and hopefully that one's good people. <laughs> it's too late. Um, anyway, yes, come find us on Twitter. I'm nice. We tried for unification. We tried. So but when we scrap this podcast at the end of Legion and start a new one, we'll make sure that we don't stick with the name until we get them all. What? No, we're not going to scrap kidding. this podcast. No! <laughs> no, we're not. No, I have a whole new show for us to watch once Legion's done. Oh? I do. What's it? Not Archer. Uh, did you want to po- fan cast about Archer? Um, no, because it mostly just be me talking about how funny everything in the show is. <laughs> I mean, you could do, we could do... And you being mildly upset with everything in the show. I mean, I mean, you know, I like Archer sometimes. I, mean, I like the idea of Archer. How about that? Okay. Um, but you know what we could do? What's that? We could watch it live and just film the podcast then rather than trying to like... You know, pour over every last thing that the characters say in Archer, which I don't think would hold up to scrutiny much. There was, oh man, this was, mm, I'm not even sure exactly the year. So, you and I knew about it was somewhere between 2005 and 2010. Some company or like a group of two guys would record their real time reactions to things and then distribute the audio file, and they had some sort of special player that would start. You know, the movie or TV episode or whatever, and they basically do like a commentary track or reaction track. They had a special player? Yeah, they had a special thing. So, like, if we'll say an episode of Archer, mm-hmm. they would do their own recording of their audio of like their reactions to what was going on when, like, when they talked about what they thought was happening in the episode, or whatever. Yeah. But they can't, like you were saying, they can't share for legal reasons all the audio and video of the episode. Mm-hmm. So they got around it by just making this like simultaneous play thing where it would start both their audio file and the episode of Archer on like Netflix or whatever together. So that you wouldn't have to like try to self sync it. That's very interesting. I've never heard of this. 
basically it, it was an attempt to do something that technology would later make much more simple. Yeah, that sounds quite like, it sounds over the top in terms of energy invested, but yeah. cool. I guess it was like um, Mystery Science Theater. I never watched that. In, you know what it is, right? Yes, but I just, I'm just sharing that I never. Okay. But yeah. Whether you watch it or not, it's the point that you know that it's like the commentary, like mocking they're talking about. The thing while I was playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, do you want to do that with Archer? <laughs> uh, I'll have to think about that. Yeah. I've watched it so many times, I don't know if you'd get much out of me other than just me well, I mean... smiling the whole time. <laughs> That's pointless. Um, but... <laughs> No, it's not. This is a whole new season. It's a whole new Archer. Oh, oh, oh okay. You, I, you don't mean with the back backlog. Uh, oh no, 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 no! I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go back and watch six seasons of Archer. Seven. No, seven. Sorry, yeah. Good, good. I believe you. I've seen some of them. I promise. If you say so. I yeah, have. What is the show you would like us to watch? No, 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 no. That's a secret. People have to stay tuned. It's not Game of Thrones, is it? I mean, we could, but that's not going to happen until July. So, Hmm. by by the by, I'm very sad about it being in July. Yes. Is it something that's currently on? Yeah, so you have a lot of catching up to do. It's not the Americans, is it? Yeah! (laughs) I don't know if I can do this for the Americans. Yes, you can. Besides, there would be so much to talk about. That show is really intense in a way that I feel like if I try to keep up with, I'll need therapy. You don't need therapy. Besides, <laughs> besides, the seasons are actually pretty short. When we were first watching it, it felt like it felt like the episode. There was just so many episodes, but there actually aren't <laughs> that many. Yeah, it's just real intense. It is, but you can do it. I have faith in you. I believe in you. We'll pencil that one in. <laughs> it's okay. I've already, I've already, we've already started. So don't worry. Well, you know what we could do? What's you, know, that? you should watch the PAX D&D games. They're a lot of fun. Uh, That's all. In okay. general, okay. <laughs> whether you're interested in D&D or not, you don't really have to know the rules. Sometimes they don't even appear to. Huh. Um, but it's just real fun to watch these four, what, four people at a time, or five people at a time, including the Dungeon Master. And they, yeah. It's just fun. It's fun. Along and they're, they're just very amusing. Well, that will be our recommendation for the day then. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool beans. Well, I think that's all we have for everyone. So we will be right. back next Sunday. Yes. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Come on down. <laughs> all right well let us give uh thanks i think i phrased that very oddly <laughs> thank you to our good friend et chen uh, who can be found on twitter at et is an alien for his awesome intro and outro music and thank you all for listening bye See you next time.